0: We're going to look at John chapter
1: 17, verses 22 and 23. It's short. I mean, the whole chapter is really good. Jesus is praying for uh, believers and disciples. But but it took these few verses out, just to kind of focus on it a little bit. It says this, 22 to 23, it says, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they might be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Um, it's very interesting. It says, and in I'm not just going to be focused on this but it says so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me this is Jesus this is this is huge a lot of a lot of Christians don't don't focus on that. We, we say we love others and that we have unity, but this is not the only place you'll find Jesus talking about it, the apostles of scripture, talking about unity and love. And again, we, we, our definitions of those things are different. We don't quite understand. We think of love as romantic and all that. God's love is bigger than that. God's love has commitment. And the good and the bad. It, it, there's so much more to it. And unity. Unity does not mean we're clones and we think exactly the same. It means we're different and think differently with the same goal, the same end result. You may, if you've ever been in management and had to manage people, you know that some people take the long road to make a decision. They need process, they discuss, they go the roundabout way, whereas some people are more direct. My point is that it's the end result that matters. I don't care how a person gets there, just get there. Right? Some people like the scenic route. You know, There's a reason why there's Highway number three, the crow's nest, and the coquihalla. One's faster for those people who don't want to wait. One is more scenic. Just the way it goes. That's how we are as people. And so as the church itself and West Winds moves in a a new direction, it's okay to have different opinions and thoughts as long as we are going to the same direction. Goal. As long as we're going to finish at the same end result. But you need to know what that is. You personally need to know what your result is, what you want to see. Not only your end result, but past you. Past you.
0: And I've talked about this
1: ad nauseum, and I'm probably going to talk about it more. We think about what's best for us. Don't always think about what's best for the future. And when we have a future goal of what matters, when it's the message of Jesus Christ that goes past us, it was before us, and it's going to be past us, that makes you think differently. It makes you think about how you do things today. We have this this mindset of, well, my decisions don't impact anybody else they do they impact a lot of people individually our decisions do well it's, it's about me you may think that but you're not correct your decisions impact everyone after you and everyone around you It some, just sometimes takes longer for those impacts to be there and it's time that you reframed your thinking and broke a chain of thinking that it's just about your actions and what you do. It's about everything. Now, I'm not specifically pointing any, I'm talking about Christianity as a whole and our mindset in everything we do. We don't realize, and I will get to the notes eventually, Kathy, um, we don't realize that when we walk up to a teller at the store or to someone in any kind of retail business or whatever, whether it's a restaurant or whatever, that our actions will impact them. Have you ever tried this game? You, the waitress or waiter comes up and they, and they say, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of miserable. They, you can tell they've had a bad day. I don't know what's going on in their life. I have a choice right then and there to ignore it or to have some impact in their lives and make the day a little bit better. I, I try to choose every time to make it a little bit better so that I can impact them for the good. And it's my goal, my goal, if there's a grumpy server, to make them smile. I don't care if it's a bad dad joke, which apparently I do a lot now. I didn't know that. I don't... It's something... That is my goal, to make someone smile who wasn't happy. It's, it's like I, I must make them crack just a little bit and make their day a little bit better so that they want to continue throughout their day. Because I don't know if they've had a death in the family. I don't know if their boss is being just... Mm. I, I don't know, but I don't want to make it worse. And so wherever I go, I try. I really do try. And there, There are times when I'm not so successful, and there are times when I am, but I... I want to make an impact. And, And we need to realize that that's going to make a big difference. And it's the same in the church. You don't know what the person next to you, what their week's been like. Even if you live with them, you don't know what's going on in that head of theirs. Sometimes you never will, and it's just going to be the way it is. But you don't know. You don't know what's going on, what's bothering them, what's impacting them. And yes, maybe you have great lines of communication, but there's always something. And... How can you make their day better? How can you serve them? If we're serving each other, that's good. When you come to church, are you here for you? Or are you here for Jesus? And what Jesus wants for you to help others. Honestly, it's pretty simple. It's not difficult. I don't care what you've done, what you're going to do. I don't care any of that. What I care about is whether or not you know the message of Jesus Christ and whether you know that, that he loves you. And that we're showing that wherever we go, beyond these walls, out there, everywhere we go. And that part of that love and part of that coming and gathering together is that we come in love and we come in unity. Love and unity doesn't mean we like each other all the time and we agree with each other all the time. That's not what it means. What it means is we've got the same goal, and that's the message, and that we will get the message. And long after you're gone and I'm gone and everybody else is gone, we want to make sure that there's something left and the message is sent. And so that's where we're trying to go as a church. Um, I do want to tell you that we there's we brought up about a year ago into the congregation that we were going to have a um, we are looking into a building program don't let that scare you don't because really it's not about you it's about the future and if you want to see people move forward in their journey down the road when you're long gone and leave a legacy for others there's times when you have to make a decision and it's tough we don't know where it's going. We're exploring and we're letting God lead us. And we're not going to do anything that God doesn't want us to do. And so I want, I want to be clear today. I, I will have some information for you coming forward in the next week. Um, probably near more the end. I want you to know that don't start making things up in your mind and worrying about the future. Remember, Scripture says, don't worry about it. Right? Jesus, God takes care of the birds. Right? You don't need to worry about a thing. Because God's going to take care of us. And I know he will. If we have a unified goal and we know what God wants. And we're going to make sure that it's clear all the way. But don't start making things up. Don't start thinking, oh, we're never going to make it. I'm not going to be able to do it. Where are we going to go? What's going to happen? Those are good questions to have, but don't do them now. Because you beat yourself up so much and you don't have any answers. And then you won't want to do anything and they freeze. Change? Guess who loves change? Me. I'm the only one. Most people don't love change. It's not about us. It's about continuing forward. So I really felt that I needed to say something because um, there hasn't been a lot of information because we've been delayed a little bit on some things, and that's okay. That's all right. We're, we're, we're putting all our ducks in a row. We're making sure that the best interests of the church and our goals and our future and our vision and our mission are in place so that when we move forward, there aren't going to be any questions that won't be answered. All right? So know that. Don't be scared. It's okay. Um, there's all sorts of awesome opportunities out there in the world right now. And if you even look at the city of Surrey with the SkyTrains coming through, whether you like it or don't, it's coming. There's a new hospital going in down over there. Things are changing. Ch- changes all around you. How many remember when there were fields all around here? I do, right? That whole mall area in Langley Township, fields, cows just walking around in grass. That's why most of the whole entire township of Langley still thinks they're all farmers and living in the country when they're actually living in a city. But that's a whole other concept we'll deal with on another day. But... Can you imagine a community that is so unified, so deeply committed, that it transcends even human understanding? Uh, a bond that reflects the essence and the nature of who God is. And, and think of this, this power of this unity where believers come together, not just for convenience because it's cool or it's, the right, it's a cool thing to do, but to experience God in ways you've never experienced Him before. Imagine that type of community. Now go back to the book of Acts. And it was a diverse community. They were inclusive and they worshipped and they prayed and they served together. They give us an incredible example of what it is like to be unified and to be a loving community. And we can have that when we prioritize community life and intentional discipleship of Jesus Christ. The significance of gathering together cannot be overstated. We come together for worship, for prayer, for teaching. We come for the Lord's Supper, which we're going to do uh, next week. And we build each other up and we strengthen each other as we do this. You can't do that without a community. You can't. It's not possible to do it on your own. You need a community. Everyone craves community. It doesn't matter who you are. You could say you don't, but you do. It's because of the hurt of the past that people say, I don't need it because they've been hurt. They've been hurt and we've all been hurt in church we have man my mom was a divorcee going to a pentecostal church and she was second class probably less and i was a child of that and i was second class not equal second that's not okay And I vowed, as a teenager, because God called me early, and I, I didn't want to listen to him. And I said, if this even happens, there's no way I will allow that, because that's not what Scripture says, even at that age. Yet I battled a theology that was wrong, wrong. We have to realize, and, and what what someone should have done is come alongside. And assisted and helped and encouraged. And there were some that did. It's not saying it wasn't, but the church itself. mm, You can't be on the platform if you're a divorcee. You can't, you can't, you can't. All these things you can't. You can't even stand there and shake someone's hand as a greeter. That's the way it was. We're not that anymore. We won't allow that to happen. But we put other things in its place sometimes. We need to be very careful. We don't replace one restriction for another inclusivity we journey together and we become disciples of Jesus Christ and if we truly believe that the Holy Spirit is welcome let the Holy Spirit do the convicting let the Holy Spirit do the work in people's lives let the Holy Spirit do it we can have that community and I believe we have at times When we step into a spiritual realm, that transforms us, and, 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 and that we witness, and it goes beyond anything we could ever achieve by ourselves. I want to encourage you today on this journey of unity, this journey of fellowship, and experiencing God together in ways that you don't know yet. You don't know them. Man, when I was a teenager, I had no idea what God was going to do for me in the future. I had no idea, despite me being a little punk, despite everything I did to maybe go in a different direction, I had no idea what he was going to do. And you don't know what he's going to do now and ahead. But look back at what he's done. Maybe you've had a rough go, maybe there's been difficult times. Guess what? He's working through you and He's preparing you for what's next. I don't know what it is, but He's preparing you. And people say, well, that's a cop-out. Ah. You know what? That's just what Christians do to tell themselves that things are going to get better. Well, no one said it was going to get better. It's just God is going to prepare you for the next thing. Are we prepared for the next thing? whatever that may be, whatever he wants us to do. I hope so. He's, he's prepared me for a lot of things. And I have no idea what, what he's preparing for me next, but I know he's preparing me. And sometimes he tears you down and builds you up again. But I don't like being torn down. It's too difficult. That's the only way to get stronger. So whatever he's doing, Focus on Him. Focus on Him. And He will guide you through. He will guide you through. But we need a community together. We need to have this community. We, we need to come around and encourage one another. And this scripture today is where Jesus prayed for the unity of believers. And and, and and that's the thing I love about it. He said, so that they might have complete unity. That the world will know that you sent me. Do you think, North American Christianity, because we're here, do you think they know us for our unity? It's it's sad that we go, is that a question? What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? So this scripture, we can learn some things and we can implement a few things. Jesus has commanded us to do something. We have to come to the understanding that we are, we are to be unified within the body of Christ. Jesus is praying to the Father on the night before his crucifixion, and he prays for the unity of believers, emphasizing the connection that goes beyond anything we can ever possibly imagine. What's the significance of this, of this unity is that it's supernatural in nature. The world will see it. Unity between Jesus and, and, and the believers are, are it, it's unlike anything else. It's a bond. I don't know if you've ever been anywhere else in the entire world, or even if you're just down the road and you f- see someone who's a Christian. In most cases, that's a good thing. Lately, not so good from some of the stuff that's been going on. But usually that's a thing where you go right on. We have the same belief, Jesus, he's, he's the end result usually. but a lot of times you start to get that feeling and I get it where I see someone who's been extra aggressive, not very loving, not very unified and I go, there's a Christian I'm going to go this way. That's not what this scripture is talking about. We should I don't even think that should be a feeling. I don't even think it should be an option. there should be a bond. There should be, and so Jesus is praying, <laughs> and he knows. But this is supernatural, and this unity is deeply rooted in God's nature and in, 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 in the very essence of Him. When Jesus says, "He prays for all believers that they may be one," but just as He and the Father are one, that that statement reveals the intensity of this bond that we need to have as a church and it's something we don't fully understand Maybe we may never fully understand but, he, but Jesus desires his believers to experience this depth of unity just as he did it's a gift, it's a divine gift and sometimes we don't think of it as a gift but it is so we have to realize that we are unified in Jesus Christ Secondly, we have to come to the understanding that we, um, we need to experience God together in fellowship. We need to experience him in fellowship. Too, too many people are, are trying to be um, separate, and they don't want to come together. Listen, listen, and there has to be the fellowship for building and lifting and relationship. Coming together as a community of believers is not just a matter of convenience or tradition. We don't do it for tradition. It's, in essence, for experiencing God in a unique and transformative way because we are one together. Fellowship within the body of Jesus Christ, within the believers, is crucial, crucial because it shows the power of our unity together. Again, different personalities, different thoughts, different ideas, that's okay. But the goal is the same. When believers get together in fellowship, there is a special unity that emerges. And it's not based on external factors or shared interests alone, but it's rooted in our, fair, in our shared faith of Jesus Christ. And as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 that we're to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In the bond of peace. This unity among believers is powerful. And it says in that scripture that the world will know. It's a witness to the world of what Jesus Christ has done. So the importance of coming together as a community of believers is to experience God. And that's the reason for the Lord's Supper.
0: And I'm here to tell you today, in the
1: fall, we will be restarting communion feasts. they will be regularly happening downstairs. People can come after communion, after we have communion and prayer. We're going to go downstairs, and we're going to share food together, and we're going to fellowship, and we're going to talk, and we're going to express ourselves to others. Man, I've been having some... Very interesting conversations at the seminary with people who have PhDs and all sorts of God stuff. And they're all from different backgrounds and from different types of belief systems uh, within Christianity. And they blow my mind. They really blow my mind. They oh, it's been a few times I walk out of there, my head hurts. Because of the great conversations we've had. And I'm the Pentecostal. So I'm like, don't take that, you know, don't hold that against me. Because <laughs> they're Baptists and, you know, E.V. Freeze and Mennonites and all that. I'm like, don't, don't judge me. <laughs> and they laugh and we have good conversations and, and we throw stuff back at each other. It's amazing. And I feel that unity there. I feel lifted up. I feel empowered. And guess what? There are things we didn't agree on at all. They don't agree on. And then you have a laugh and you have a coffee and then you move on. It's amazing.
0: That is what I'm talking about.
1: It's awesome. It jacks me up. Man, it's wild. I love it. It empowers me. I love the conversation. I also really love to poke the bear, too. I like to drop a little, see what happens, and just watch. Sinisterly, what are you going to say to that?
0: But that's just my personality. God hasn't taken that away from me yet. You can pray all you want. I think it's going to stick.
1: Thirdly, thirdly, that... We have to come to the understanding that we will have a vibrant community if we come together and realize this. If we come together and realize this. The early church that is shown, that is, that is illustrated in the book of Acts, serves as a great model for a church that is vibrant and that is impactful in their community. Man, um, they were united in faith. They uh, exhibited a dedication to worship, to prayer, to serving, to learning, and to mission. I want to encourage you, especially, you know, worship prayer, but especially in serving and in learning, stretch your theology. Ask questions that, you know, 10 years ago, someone would have, you know, probably thrown a rock at you if you said it in the church. Ask stuff, question stuff, discuss stuff. Get your mind working. There are some really um, huge key aspects in the community life uh, that we can draw from the book of Acts. But mainly that they were together and they were inclusive. They were inclusive. The early church in Acts was described as that. Inclusive but very diverse Very diverse, different backgrounds. Jews and Gentiles, men and women came together in a unified group. That inclusivity was an exact reflection of the heart of God and how he loves people, regardless of their cultural and social differences. We had a gentleman come in one day um, years ago, and he was from Wycliffe, he was a. Uh, he's now got his PhD in linguistics. He's like smart dude. Um, he came and he, and he talked about the Jamaican Bible and he read some verses from the Jamaican Bible and it was like Yaman, you know, whatever, right? all that stuff, dreadlocks, the whole thing. And he 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 explained it and he talked to us and he and he read it and it sounded nothing like our Bible. The reason why I brought him in because I wanted you to know that when you're in scripture. It's the message that matters, the message, not necessarily how it's presented, but the message of Jesus Christ. They, they can't use certain things in the Jamaican culture because it doesn't cross over from Eastern European countries, so it doesn't work.
0: It doesn't fit. And there's other
1: tons of other cultures, the same thing. They have to readjust scriptures so that the message, the main key message, it's not that they're taking away from the Bible, but they're still giving the message of Jesus Christ. When we have that mindset, when we have that, that goal in mind, we get excited about that. We don't get angry that they changed some of the words. I remember when the message Bible came out. People flipped out because it was a paraphrase. That's not the Word of God. The Word of God was written by Jesus in the King James Version. I'm not knocking the King James. It's quite elegant. But Jesus wasn't an American white guy. (laughs) Just to let you know, writing in King James. No, it wasn't happening. Some believe he was. The greatest American ever was Jesus Christ. He wasn't. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard that, but I have. I have. He wasn't anything else. He was the son of God. Man. But to, to have these discussions, to talk about it, is amazing. And you can only do that in a community that is unified and committed to each other to walk with you through your journey. And so I want to encourage you today to be inclusive because that's, that's a reflection of the, of the heart of God. And I want to challenge you to get involved. I want to challenge you to get involved in a life group uh, come the fall. Those are starting up in the fall. I want to challenge you to get involved in ministry to serve others. Um, I want to challenge you to think about uh, the lunch program, life groups, next year's VBS even. There's so many things that are going on. We want you to think about that. It's all coming back in a month. and. We'll come together. I want to challenge you to move beyond casual gatherings. And um, I want you to embrace the depth of what fellowship truly is and what love and unity and accountability that is Christ centers offers to you. We have an opportunity to reach people in your circle of influence the people that you hang around on a regular basis. It spiders out. And you can be that example for Jesus Christ. You can be so that the world knows. The world knows who you are because of this example of Jesus Christ in your everyday life. When you come together for life groups, when you come together on Sunday, it's not about what you want. It's about what the message is. And I want to encourage you that wherever you go. Be that example. But you have to make it a priority. No one else can do it for you. You can't just float along in life and think things are going to happen. Okay? You've you, you got to make things happen. And if you look for it, and if you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, he will show you every time. If you don't, you'll miss the opportunities you'll miss the opportunities that he has you where you are for a really important reason. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You just have to be that presence, that person that's there. Don't worry about fixing. Let the Holy Spirit do that. When you do that, the pressure is released off your shoulders. It's gone. If you're in a situation and you ask the Holy Spirit to do the work, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Don't force it. Don't force the Holy Spirit to do it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. If he's God, what is he He's going to do it in his timing. So be there so that when the time comes, you are ready. And you have to, we talked about this last week, you must prepare. It just doesn't happen. You prepare by being with God, by being in his word, by being with his people, by showing love, by acting loving when you don't want to be. Because when the time comes that you need to be that, you've you've done it enough times, you are that. Think about who you want to be as a Christian in every area of your life, but in our specific context here. Think about what you want to look like as a Christian. Start acting that way so that you'll become that. I want to encourage you to do that. Loving, united, patient, caring, empathetic, Gracious, joyful, all of those things. Figure it out. I know you can do it. Start with some of it. Get a plan. This is what I want to be like. This is the person, the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ I want to be and start acting like it. Even when you don't want to. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come, we can gather, we can be unified because of you. Help us no matter what. Direction We go. We are unified because the end result is Jesus Christ, a relationship with you. And so, Father, as we move forward, even in our own personal journey, help us to recognize those opportunities when the time comes because we are so ingrained in your word and have a relationship with you that we hear what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do when the Holy Spirit asks us to do it. Let us be ready at any given moment. In Jesus' name. Everyone set. Amen. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next week. Guess what it is? Communion Sunday, but we're going to have we're going to have communion here uh, in September and October we will do communion feasts then. Hope you have a great week. God bless you.